0: You're listening to the Informational Interview 2.0 podcast. This is a podcast focused on how communications can spark innovation and career growth. So I am pleased to be joined by Deirdre Breckenridge. She is the CEO of Pure Performance Communication. She's a speaker and she is the author of Answers for Modern Communicators, as well as A Whisper from Noel. Deirdre, welcome to the Informational Interview 2.0 podcast.
1: Thank you. So great to be chatting with you. Uh,
0: You know, Deirdre, uh, and background for you, background for our listeners. I could think of no one more appropriate to come on my show at this time. So uh, I've been doing this uh, podcast since earlier this year. I have mainly focused on interviewing career development professionals, and it's been really great to hear their perspectives on how communications can spark innovation and career growth in students and then I thought, you know, it was great, but I also want to now expand my network. And I want to talk to some other people who have a lot to say around communications, around how students can innovate in their own careers, uh, and who are also practicing this. And right away, I said, oh, i got to talk to Keith Deirdre. This would be a great opportunity to catch up. Uh, you know, and it's funny, I was doing a presentation uh, yesterday uh, for a group in Europe on kind of career development. And I actually pulled a slide from one of our previous podcasts to use the example of how when you do interviews with other other people, it leads to opportunities. And I don't know if you remember this, but for our audience's uh, information as well, back in, I want to say it was 2015, I reached out to you to have you on a podcast that I was hosting at the time called For Immediate Release on Higher Education. And we had a really great conversation and it you know, basically was the beginning of a nice friendship and we've worked together on different projects. And I yes. said, wow, I mean, like, this is exactly what we're talking about. But to start with, Deirdre, I gave a brief intro at the uh, outset. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about the work you do and also a little bit about how your career has pivoted, especially in the last couple of years?
1: Oh, sure, well, thank you so much. Uh, the work that I do, I have been in PR and marketing for over 30 years. I don't want to date myself too much, but it's always been um, helping executives and brands to tell their stories, to ignite engagement, lead really important conversations, and also to grow their relationships, the, the impact, and to get that loyalty and trust and advocacy. And I've always done it. Kevin, you, you know my, my books and my work. I've always done it with this strategic uh, approach. Mm -hmm. You know, getting professionals to understand that you have to have your goals and objectives and and know your messaging and your audience in the market and the channels and the format. And I've always been up on the technology. And that has been such a part of my roadmap, helping. And then there was a kind of an awakening, a, a pivot. It's a very sad story uh, tragically we lost my stepdaughter noelle and she was 24 years old when she passed and this was something that you know based on the the circumstances we were all just uh as you can imagine so heartbroken um, and had to reevaluate everything and when i looked at what i was doing and and how i was showing up i thought immediately that I needed to dive into more how millennials were thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. I had so many questions, right? I couldn't ask Noel. So I went out and I did this passion project. And um, after a hundred interviews with millennials, I was asking them questions about how do you show up to your conversations? What, what do you value? Are you being authentic? How do you build trust in a relationship? What are you looking for from the people around you? And very quickly, uh, stories, the, the stories were flowing. What I thought would be 15-minute interviews yeah. turned into half an hour, an hour, yeah. <laughs> an hour yeah. and a half, two hours. And it formed um, a model. They formed, millennials formed a model for me called yeah. Feel. And yeah. that is now the backbone of all of my work. And just to give context to your listeners, feel stands for face your fears, Mm -hmm. to be more open and inclusive, engage with empathy, because that's what millennials really want. uh, Live with ethics and good judgment. And we all need that through our media and in our business and communications and unleash the love, the passion, the energy. So I now say and then I'll let you (laughs) ask me another question. I now say that everything I do, of course, is strategic in communications, but you have to have a feel lens where you get to the point, you use strategy to get to a point of engagement. Think about it. You engage on social media, you engage one-on-one. Is it going to be a one-off engagement? Is it going to be a one-off transaction? Or will you go deeper? And when you put a feel lens on that interaction, that's when you get to the real relationship, the trust, the loyalty, and the advocacy.
0: For listeners' background, Deirdre and I touch base every six months or so. And I had, believe I had written you that week. And to re- receive that response back, I'm not available to talk right now because of a, a tragedy in my family. I mean, I could only imagine what you've gone through. And it's been inspiring to see how you've used that as an opportunity to think about how you, you're changing your business and bringing value to others. Uh, can you, you mentioned some of these uh, stories that you heard when you interviewed these millennials. Is there one particular story that comes to mind? Uh, and also when you approach this and you, you obviously have a lot of experience with younger generation, both at home, as well as for listeners information, Deirdre has also uh, been a university professor for a number of years. So you yes. you have a lot of interactions with this age uh, demographic. What kind of things did you learn? What kind of things perhaps surprised you when you were more deliberate about speaking to these hundred plus different uh, millennials as part of this uh, research you were doing?
1: So I can't say uh, I, I knew going into it that millennials, and and this isn't just millennials, Gen Z is on the the coattails too. So I knew millennials want caring and kindness and understanding and empathy, right? They're looking for that. But I just didn't realize how bad it was um, in certain situations for them. And this is just one story, but you could multiply this in different instances, male, female, different, uh, whether it's a job or somewhere else. But one story that stands out in my mind Mm -hmm. was a millennial who shared um, she was working in a company for over three years and she was on a team and her supervisor gave them a project. And the team split the project into individual parts. So she and all of her teammates each had a part that they were going to work on separately. And then about a week later, come back to the table, put it together and present to the supervisor. So about two or three days into her part of the project, she started to feel really overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and anxious. And she was not feeling well. So it was on a Friday night that she didn't realize what was happening, but she went into a full blown panic attack and her boyfriend was with her and he didn't know what was happening. So they called 911 and she ended up staying in the hospital for the weekend. Now, rather on Monday, telling anybody that she was having challenges or health issues or anything mm-hmm. she decided to scramble pull something together and submit her part of the project that she clearly labeled as subpar because she did not think she would be met with any any kind of caring or kindness mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. understanding mm-hmm. so can you imagine and i say to people you know look at look at the people around you you might think it looks okay On the outside, but you never really know how someone feels. And that was just a story that exemplifies this.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, there's so many films out there about uh, social media impacting young people and the uh, image that we put out online. And everybody's always going to put out their best, uh, you know, their best photos, their best experiences, their glamorous family uh, vacations. You know, nobody goes on social media and puts, the fight with their spouse on social media right. or very few people. That, that's
1: yeah. another story, actually. One uh, <laughs> one young woman said she was, um, it's almost like, what was that movie with Reese Witherspoon? Legally Blonde. It's like a Legally uh-huh. Blonde moment. She thought her boyfriend of I don't know how many years was going to propose to her, and she ended up finding out that he cheated on her. And she was so devastated and so depressed, but yet she dragged herself to her you know, smartphone, put on all her makeup, and yep. took all her selfies just so that everybody thought, like, I'm good, I'm out there. She brought herself to a party and took pictures with friends. But yep. inside, she was broken. And that's a clear example of the highlight reel
0: yeah, on social yeah. media. So I imagine you did most of these interviews uh, after the death of Noel, which was probably, was that be last year?
1: So that was in September of 2018. Yeah. I, and I literally started I didn't know what I was doing when I did. Like I didn't say to myself I'm going to do a research project. I just said I just I don't want to talk to anybody else. I yeah, just want to talk to millennials. Yeah, yeah. And in the beginning I wasn't even recording anything. But I kept asking the same questions. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, "Oh, oh my gosh. Let me let me set this up so I can start recording the data." So I have it. And that's what built the model. And it also built a test. So for all of, you know, all of you listeners out there, if you're interested, there is a, a test. It's the feel first test or it's feel, sorry, feel first mm-hmm. And if you go to that website, it takes you through a 32 question test that evaluates you on each part of the model. So how much do you face your fears? How empathetic are you? How ethical are you? And how much do you unleash the love of your mission? And then the test scores you in each bucket and recommends exercises that you can do because the notion is if you feel first, then you can actually be emotionally intelligent enough to recognize signals from others through your communication channels.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you feel there's perhaps and it might be hard for you to say concretely but just your opinion your reaction based on the last uh 7 8 months of being in covid uh having you know isolation having more conversations where we're on zoom calls and there's children running around and there's more you know seeing people's authentic day-to-day lives do you feel perhaps there's been a, a bit of a positive change where people aren't as Putting on this facade of how wonderful everything is, and being being more authentic in their interactions.
1: Yes, because you're suddenly more human. So um, I can I can speak to my husband who works for a huge corporation, <laughs> and you know when you have meetings with your teams and your your bosses, and you're showing up on Zoom and you know your children run past, or you forget that you're in your pajama bottoms and you stand up and everybody sees that you're half-dressed, you're much more vulnerable. So I think in that respect, the vulnerability is good, especially with teams. And also people are, um, they're sharing more first. I think a lot of companies are realizing at the beginning of these meetings, talk about what's going on. how How are you feeling, touch base, uh, more personally, mm-hmm. and then share the work. And that's more natural when you're sitting in the home environment.
0: Yeah. On your website and looking at the feel model, um, you have a part about love of your mission across mm-hmm. communications channels. Can you talk yeah. a little bit more about what that entails?
1: Sure. So, you know, we all have energy and passion. you hope, (laughs) around what you want to share, whether it's for your own personal brand or you're sharing on behalf of your company. And sometimes we think that we have that energy, but it's falling flat. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this model, um, when I train with executives or even as a part of my media training with a feel lens, it's getting people to understand, you think you're high energy, but you're not hitting that mark. And if you don't have that energy, why would anybody else want to be a part of what you're doing? So the the passion, the entrepreneurial spirit, we're all entrepreneurs in our own realm, even if yeah. you work for a large corporation, Absolutely. You could bring your entrepreneurial spirit, Absolutely. and then together, you know, individually, all these personalities and this great spirit can work as a team. And I just think that, um, There's energy, we're connected through energy, whether whether we realize it or not. I would love it if people paid more attention to how energy affects one another. So Mm -hmm. for example, how many times, and it doesn't matter if you're on a Zoom meeting, it doesn't whether you're in person, you go into a meeting and you have two choices. You can raise the energy of the group, and that's what you want to do, or are you going to get sucked in to the lower negative energy? And I think the more that we pay attention to that, we bring our own energy up and the love of the mission up.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And do you, do you have any different types of perspectives and maybe how you would answer this question today versus how you would answer this question a few years ago, I imagine are going to be a little different. But based on the research that you've done and the experiences you've encountered, do you have advice for young people in particular on how they can hone in on what their mission is?
1: Yes. Okay, so, you know, things are going to change throughout your career. Yeah. I mean, that that is a given because we all grow and what we see is what we think is of success at age 20 might be different at age 30 and in your yeah. 40s. But the one thing that always um, has been something that's guided me, and it's come up recently because I've heard coaches ask this question. When it comes to your mission, think of it as what do you really, really love to do that you would do every single day that is neat, of course, is needed? There's a, mm-hmm. a, a, a problem you're solving or something you're connecting with, but you would do it so much, you'd, you'd give it away for free, but yet mm-hmm. people would pay for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where the greatest entrepreneurs are almost tapping into this level of passion. They see the problem, that nobody else is identifying and then they're able to do something that they love to solve the problem. And they love it so much. They literally would give it away, but people would pay for it because they love it that much. It's also um, I would tell young professionals to not let the external chatter guide you. Mm -hmm. This is a real big issue when you are letting social media and the news and your smartphone and every kind of technology dictate your life, you are not tuning into your own signals and guidance and what you truly want to do. So in order to find that energy and your own innovation, you have to be fully present and aware and tuned in to yourself and you can't do that If you're letting, if your smartphone is binging every second and all you care about is a highlight reel on social media, you got to tune that out to tune into your own passion and then don't let all that external stop you. There's always going to be naysayers too, um, which, you know, take it with a grain of salt, have faith and belief.
0: Yeah. So, as you know, and, and as background, Deirdre uh, actually played an important role in developing the course that I've launched called Interview and Innovator. Uh, and as you know, you know one of the things that I'm really passionate about is equipping students with the skills to go out and do interviews, talk to other people, and use that as the means to experience many benefits. One of them being getting gaining clarity on you know what their goals might be. And that requires asking smart questions. And that's something that I imagine that you were doing throughout this research project, right? Where you are asking, you know, deliberate smart questions, and it's opening your mind to different ways of thinking. And I know this is something that you do quite effectively on your podcast world uh, that you host. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about the power of asking good questions and how that's helped inform your opinions and how that's helped you innovate in different ways as well
1: so asking good questions the only way to do that is to truly be listening mm-hmm. i had a mentor say to me years ago don't talk as much just listen
0: yeah. and
1: even as um, you know even as somebody who puts a media hat on. So, you know, I had a show at NASDAQ, at MarketSite. It was a live broadcast show out of their Times Square studio. And one thing that the media does is ask the question and then just let somebody talk and talk Mm -hmm. and talk. You don't necessarily need to, I mean, if it's a timing constraint, of course, you're going to jump in and ask another question. But I always, really just let people talk, people want to share. And if Mm -hmm. you can really listen and not be thinking about your next question, like truly tuned into what they're saying, Mm -hmm. you will get so much to be able to ask the next question, to have those insights, to share more effectively. But that's where it comes from. And in order to truly listen to ask the next question, you have to be tuned in, tapped in, and really actively listening. And people say they're listening all the time, Kevin, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they are. I really, I, I, you
0: know. Yeah. I mean, I, it is so easy to be not present, to have your, and you can, you know, I can be looking, we're looking at each other right now, right? And we're having this great conversation. It, I very could easily be out on my phone and checking absolutely. the stocks and texting my friends or, you know, and it's very easy to do that. When I do my my workshops, and I'm sure you do the same. I plead with the uh, attendees turn off your phone be present.
1: The uh, yep, airplane mode.
0: That's right. That's right. It's
1: a really good practice.
0: Uh, can, do you have a, an example that comes to mind Deirdre of an interview that you've conducted and as a result of doing that interview an aha moment came to you? Uh, whether that be through the research project that you did or whether that be through any of the podcast interviews that you've done over the years. Uh, any instance come to mind?
1: yeah I mean, I guess there's the the ethics moment. Um, I didn't realize how much millennials cared about truth and honesty and ethics. And it was because of that that I really got involved with Routledge. and I have another book coming out called <laughs> "Answers for Ethical Marketers. And that is a direct result of what I learned from millennials. I guess I just kind of took it for, I don't want to say for granted, but you know, I, I know ethics as a part of my role in communications and working with CEOs. Yeah. It just came from such an interesting perspective and it made me so happy yeah. <laughs> that it led to an opportunity that I was able to pitch to my publisher. And I won't even say pitch, I mentioned it and they just Jumped on it like Fantastic. oh ethics now yes uh-huh, absolutely
0: uh-huh. yeah so you know part of what I'm trying to do and I know you try to do as well is you know when you create content and uh, this is advice that I share with young people and curious your feedback if you build an audience great try to create relevant content that's going to benefit other people but also when you're creating content you're going to be learning from the people that you engage with
1: oh my gosh I learned a ton. This book, I feel like I, I benefit so much. There's uh, many experts who kind of um, share their views at the end of the chapter. And yeah. one chapter is strictly written by other professionals, not me. And I can't tell you, whenever you do that, you learn so much, you expand, you grow, you meet new people. Not only is it great content and you're learning, but you also open up opportunities
0: mm-hmm. as well. So let's paint a picture of someone. Let's say there's a 24-year-old young person out there, not really sure exactly, you know, have a foggy idea about what they'd like to do, uh, might be in an entry-level type of job, might be at the end of their uh, studies. What kind of advice would you share with them on how they can... Develop their own communication strategy to be more marketable and to be more innovative.
1: So, there's a couple easy ways. Start looking at the people or the professionals that you admire.
0: Seriously? I love that. Yeah, I love that.
1: If you like somebody, if you find a professional that you think is inspiring, or oh my gosh, they have the most incredible content. What are they doing? Look, look at their website, look at their blog, look at their social media channels, start following them. If you can engage, share, share their work. And then the next step there is, I always, always uh, it, maybe it takes me a little bit more time now because I get a lot of requests, but yeah. I have students who reach out on LinkedIn and just say, I'm really interested in what you're doing, would you mind chatting with me for 15 minutes, 20 mm-hmm. minutes? Absolutely. So there's people who are more than happy to share and you can ask them questions, get your really smart questions ready. Yeah.
0: right. Yeah.
1: Um, and then have a conversation and you're going to quickly learn if what that person is doing is uh, something that you'd like to do and how they got started or what's a good path. What are some of the ways that they can break into that type of industry or that kind of company, or maybe it's to be an entrepreneur. But I think that's a way to start. Who do you admire?
0: Yeah, great. So uh, Deirdre, before we wrap up, just like to give you an opportunity to direct our listeners to any of the resources uh, you offer. You did mention already the fuel model uh, test, uh, as well as any other uh, information you'd like to share with our listeners.
1: Oh, that's great, thank you. So I'm in a few places. If you want to check out my work and my blog, you can go to Um, Also, please uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. You'll also notice that I'm a LinkedIn learning instructor and yep. I have some courses there. Um, I have a podcast called Women Worldwide and the website is womenworldwideshow.com. You can sign up and always get our podcast. and. Um, you know, follow me on Twitter, because if you want to ask a question, I'm at Deep Breckenridge.
0: Terrific. Deirdre, thank you so much for sharing all these insights. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I'm Heidi Justo, one of the other co-hosts of the Informational Interview 2.0 podcast. We hope you enjoyed the insights that were shared. We will be back at you with a new episode in the very near future. In the meantime, to keep in touch with me and learn tips to help you proactively manage your career, I invite you to review my website, www.careerpathwritingsolutions.com. There, you will find a rich collection of career-related articles and you can sign up for my monthly newsletter.
0: And on my side, I invite you to check out the Global Innovators Academy website and learn more about my interview and innovator course. Students interview professionals and then create content online. As a result, they enhance their network, learn critical communication skills and build a stronger digital footprint that makes them more marketable. More information is at www.globalinnovatorsacademy.com. Thanks again for listening. Take care and so long for now.